Would you pray with me? Gracious God, as we gather this morning before this new school year, Lord, remind us what it is to be a Christian. Be with us this morning in the sermon, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds and our ears to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. We're going to be in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, if you want to turn with me in your Bible. So when we we celebrate Memorial Day every year, it's the day that we set aside to recognize recognize the countless number uh, of military personnel who have given their lives for the country. It's one of the things we celebrate every year, or recognize every year, um, and you know, in those, in those countless numbers are, are people's names that we will never know. And like those who fought and died for our country to make this country what it is, we also celebrate, um, similarly, those who um, built the church for us. The ones who went before us to, to start the foundation of the church, to begin the work of the church. Uh, paved the way for us to receive what God had planned uh, for those who put their faith in Him. In this chapter in Hebrews, this, this passage is one of the great passages of the New Testament, and the writer is given a perfect summary of what it is to be a Christian, to live the Christian life. So Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God this is the word of God for the people of God thanks be to God so I titled today's message the Christian life so in the Christian life, we want to be in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Christian life is to be a little better tomorrow than we are today. And in that Christian life, we have inspiration. It's the inspiration of the many faithful who have gone before us, those who built the Christian church, those who guide our steps and lift us to the standards of perfection which we have imagined in our minds. You know, we talk about going on to perfection uh, in our denomination, in our faith. We talk about going on to perfection. And that's not that, that's not that secular perfection where you're, you're, you never make a mistake, but it's where our will and God's will finally come into alignment with each other. It, it is the essence of the Christian life that we live in the gaze of the faithful who lived before us, who suffered and died for the church. Now, how can we avoid the struggle for greatness with an audience like that looking on us? I mean, if we think about what we have to live up to and the folks who are looking at us from afar, from that great cloud, you know, it's a little bit of pressure to get everything right, isn't it? To do the best that we can do for the church and for Jesus Christ. In the Christian life, we are surrounded by the greatness of the past, yet we're also limited by the hindrance of our own sins. If, if we are to travel far, 
we're going to have to travel light. So that means we have to cast off all those burdens and things that hold us down, that hold us back. And there may be habits and pleasures and self-indulgences, associations that hold us back, that set us back. And we need the help of Christ to cut those away. It's a time of pruning. In the Christian life, we have a steadfast endurance. It is a determination. It's unhurried, but it's without delay. I mean, we are on a course to be who we're called to be through Jesus Christ. And we are daily working toward that. We're not in a hurry, but we're not being delayed by by the world either. We're supposed to be on on a solid course. Obstacles don't daunt it, and discouragements don't take away from its hope. That's what it means in the Christian life. In the Christian life, we have the example of Jesus for the goal that was set before him. He endured all things, and we too are called to endure. Scripture never said that it was going to be easy. Scripture never said that we were going to, once we, once we decided to give our lives to Jesus, that we were going to make this, this transition and just be happy-go-lucky from the rest, from the rest of uh, all time. It doesn't say that. We are going to have struggles. We are going to have hardships. But we are called to endure. And in the Christian life, we have the presence of Jesus. He is at once the goal of our journey and the companion on our way. You get that? He's with us and he's ahead of us. He's always, he's always present, but he's always what we're looking toward as well. At, at once, he's the one whom we go to meet and the one with whom we travel. So let's think about that cloud of witnesses for just a minute. We may all have someone that we really hold up as an example of the Christian life, right? Verse 1 says, Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. One translation says hinders, and the word translated carries with it the idea of a burden or a mass that, that has, you, has you bent over by the weight, that has you weighed down. And that's what sin does. Sin causes our bodies to weigh down, to slow down, to not function as well. Uh, this, this word speaks of a runner that is surrounded on all sides by obstacles that would keep him or her from reaching the finish line. And those things that are not just surrounding you, but they're harassing you as well. Things that just pick at you all the time and pull at you and poke at you. It's the idea of of an enemy coming from every direction. You don't know how you're ever going to survive, but God doesn't want us to be just survivors. God wants us to thrive. We will face setbacks, but we continue forward in faith. And we can defeat sin in the world with the help of the power of the Holy Spirit. The phrase, everything that hinders, may not be sin, though. It may not just be sin. It may be a lack of knowledge. It might be a lack of faith. You know, sometimes knowledge must increase before faith can increase. We have to understand it better. Romans ten seventeen says, So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It may be that we're surrounded by unbelievers. It may be that we choose to hang around people that are not good for our faith journey, that are not good for our Christian life. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? 
Now, we are supposed to do the best we can to share the message of Jesus Christ with the unbelievers. We're supposed to be out there shaking the trees and sharing the gospel, right? Kissing babies and shaking hands and getting to know people. Tell them all about Jesus. But there comes a time when you have to move forward if those people are just bringing you down. Not everyone is going to build you up in your Christian life. And for the kids, that's a stinky thing because you've got a long life ahead of you and you're going to meet lots of people. Some people are good for you and some people are not. You don't have to hate them. You don't have to be mean to them. But you can't hang out with them either. One of my very favorite shows in the world, some of you may have heard of it, Andy Griffith. So Andy Griffith is the, probably the greatest show in the world. And Opie and some of the other boys in one of the episodes, they sign up for this town tournament. You know, they're going to run the races and they're going to do all these things. Um, Opie signs up and, and while he's running the race, he begins to imagine winning in this award ceremony and he's receiving his reward and the whole town is cheering for him and Opie's just, he's just excited, you know, he's happy. But the truth is, Opie's just not that fast. And when he kind of comes out of his daydream, not only has he lost, but he's lost by a ton. He's way back there. He is no doubt the slowest kid in the community. Sometimes we tend to walk by sight instead of by faith. He had his eyes fixed uh, on winning, but he didn't have his eyes fixed on what it should have been. Verse 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That is what the witnesses did. They were focused on the one who could save. And while they were living by faith, they died while they were living by faith. Right up until the moment that they passed. They did not receive the things promised, but they were looking into the future and saw that redemption was coming. And the word author means the one who has begun something. And Jesus, not only has he begun something, but Jesus is coming back to complete what he had, had started. The author and perfecter of our faith. The beginner and the finisher of our faith. Opie, Opie couldn't finish what he started. He wasn't that focused. To live a Christian life, we get rid of everything that's a hindrance. We focus on Jesus. We consider the source of our strength, which is the Holy Spirit. And that's the same source that gave Jesus his strength. We have all been influenced by that great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. For some of those, the influences may not have always been a positive one. But for the most, we need only look at this room today to see witnesses to the kind of life that God has in store for you right here and now. There's some folks in this in this church that are great witnesses for us to, to look up to and to follow. There are people that have been here for years before now that, that they still, um, in the ministry world, we call them, we call them uh, ghosts because they, they have a presence still. People remember those who have passed on that were so strong in the church. They were living proof of God's power. And as believers, we receive their great legacy, their great inheritance. You know, our, our kids 
used to run relays, our, our daughters did, and the key to the success was working together. You know, each, each person did their part to win the race. And I believe that if, if we are going to win that race, and beyond us, if the church in America is going to win that race, we're going to have to work together. We're going to have to be together running with intentionality. We're going to have to run with hearts of grace. We're going to have to uh, share the grace of God and the message of Jesus Christ with everyone. And we can only do that. We can only know the full joy of a Christian life if we are doing that, if we are sharing the message and running the race. If we stay focused on Jesus Christ to be in the likeness of Christ, to be better tomorrow than we are today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.